Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Wednesday. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. That's American meat delivered right to your front door. Go to goodranchers.com slash Allie for a discount. That's goodranchers.com slash Allie. All right, guys, today we are talking about white women, the white women of Instagram, and we are going to be talking about their response and the shutdown of their response to the Will Smith slap. And look, I know everyone and their mom has been analyzing the Will Smith slap. We already talked about it. I'm not going to get into it. If you don't know, Will Smith got up on stage and slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars after Chris Rock made a joke about Will Smith's wife, who is bald because she has alopecia. So whatever you think of that, I've already told you what I think of that. Um, the A lot of people have different reactions. A lot There's a wide range of reactions. And at first, I even tweeted this. I thought it was falling along left-right lines. Like, Leftists were defending Will Smith, strangely, and then conservatives were defending Chris Rock on the basis of free speech. But really, I've seen a lot of different reactions. And what we are now being told is that white people's reactions are not legitimate. Specifically, white women's reactions are not legitimate. So I'm going to get to some posts that say that and some white women who got slam dunked by race baiting activists like Beth Moore and Glennon Doyle, and who were told to submit and to bend a knee and to take back what you said or think harder about what you said or whatever. And we're going to talk about their response and what that all means. But let me read you some headlines uh, that talk about this so you can understand what I'm talking about. So The Guardian, white outrage about Will Smith's slap is rooted in anti-blackness. It's inequality in plain sight. And yes, I am reading this in a mocking tone because I think that that is absolutely justified. Forbes, while talking about Will Smith's behavior, don't forget to also talk about the system that helped create it. Of course, the white supremacist system. The Atlantic by Jamel Hill. She says the two Americas debating Will Smith and Chris Rock, black people and white people aren't necessarily discussing the Oscar slap in the same way. The Independent Fox News host blasted for racist comments on the Will Smith Oscars fallout. And that is Jesse Waters saying that, oh, this is the first time that he has seen the media cover black on black crime. So lots of headlines about this. And there are uh, some people tweeting about it as well. There was this tweet that I saw, and I was like, okay, this is just one person. Surely this is just one person. Covey Biocolo said, just a note to white people that what happened between Will, Jada, and Chris is black folks' business. Tread lightly. That was just one of the many of the many posts I saw. There were several posts on Instagram that were saying the same thing, that white people, white women shouldn't be talking about this. I saw one person say white women are committing violence against black women in a variety of ways on a daily basis, so they can't talk about that. I'm sorry, that's objectively not true. That's just factually inaccurate. If you look at any crime statistics at all, that is just factually untrue. Now, there is a group actually perpetuating violence against black women. It ain't white women, 
Okay. So again, like if we're going to have these conversations, let's at least be factual and let us be truthful about these things or else we're never going to get to any kind of productive place. But they're shutting down conversation and they're saying what they're saying, what this Covey person is saying is that you are not qualified because of the color of your skin to commentate on this particular issue. She said, this is black folks business. Okay. What if, what if two different, two different things here. Two different ways you could see this. One way you could see it is, well, actually, no, it's not anyone's business. It's not your business. Like you're not entitled to someone's business just because they share your skin color. Like you are just connected, you random person. You're just as connected to Chris Rock and Will Smith as I am. Like you don't have any other, any further connection or any entitlement to their business any more than I do or anyone else does. So maybe it's not black folks business. Maybe it's just their business and they can handle that. Or here's another perspective is that it's all of our business because we all watched it. Like we share a country, we share a society, we share a Hollywood, we share a culture. And so we all saw the clip. We all saw the clip. It's an indication of where our society is. We all get to commentate on the Oscars. We do. We all get to commentate on the celebrities that we have patronized for years and what they say and what they do. We get to have thoughts about those things and we get to say those thoughts. I'm sorry, but we're not going to segregate our commentary just because you random blue check mark on Twitter say that we have to. White women, white men, Whoever, Hispanic men and women, Asian men and women, black men and women have equal qualifications in talking about something like this. We all saw it. It affects all of us. We do not have to self-censor just because one group says that we have to self-censor. All right? And so if you are someone who feels like, oh, I can't talk about something because it was an interaction between two black people. Look, you have already given in to their shame tactics and you got to stop because they do not have the authority to tell you what you can and cannot say, what you can and cannot do. Now, you may choose not to comment on something because you don't want to comment on it or you could think that you don't have enough insight into a particular situation. You need to know more. You need to be more educated about something or you just don't want to comment on it because you don't you just don't feel like you have anything productive to say. Those are all legitimate reasons. Or you don't say something because it's not a godly thing to say. Of course, we bridle our tongues in all kinds of situations. I'm not talking about recklessness or a, laugh, a lack of self-control in what we say. I am saying if you do have something productive to add, if you have a thought, if you have an insight, then you are allowed to say it. You are not disqualified because these random people who, again, who have no authority over you whatsoever, say that you can't say it because of the color of your skin. That is racist. That is. I mean, that is a form of racial discrimination. Saying that you are not qualified or that you can't say something because you don't have quite enough melanin. I'm sorry, but no. There are a lot of people of a lot of different skin colors that like Will Smith, that like Chris Rock, that watched the Oscars, and they get to say something. But some people, unfortunately, some white women, they so quickly kowtow to the race baiting mob that they end up sounding like hostages. And I'm going to give you an example of that in 
the dear Glennon Doyle in just one second. Let me tell you about our first sponsor for the day. It's a new sponsor. So across the country, Americans are discovering that if we want to change this nation, we have to change the way the marketplace works. Big corporations are seeking to divide us. Big banks are freezing the accounts of people who disagree with their political views. Very scary and dystopian. And our supply chain is dependent upon countries that actively work against our values, as we have talked about several times. It is time for a change. And that change starts with you and your wallet. I know a lot of you have asked me, how do we pay with our dollar? Well, this is a way to do that. It's why I am proud to partner with this new sponsor, Public Square, the largest directory of freedom-loving businesses our nation has ever seen. I'm super excited about this because I've had this thought in the past, like, can I compile a bunch of America freedom-loving businesses that we would be proud to support on my website, but it's just a lot of work. I'm so glad that I don't have to do that because Public Square is doing that. It is an app that connects freedom-loving Americans with their local community and the businesses that share their values. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never cancel you for your political views, Public Square is your guide. So download the Public Square app from the Apple App Store or Google Play, create a free account, and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can find you today. Download the app today. That's Public SQ. So Public SQ, which stands for Public Square. Public SQ, that is the name of the app. Public SQ. Okay, so Glennon Doyle. If you don't know who Glennon Doyle is, she was a one-time Christian mommy blogger. That is what she was originally known as. She talked a lot about her marriage and how she was fighting for her marriage. And she wrote a book, I think it was titled Love Warrior, about fighting for her marriage after he had an affair. But then she ended up separating from her husband and marrying a woman, the soccer player named Abby Wambach. And I don't think that she even considers herself a Christian anymore. I don't believe Um, And she basically just writes about self-empowerment and self-focus and putting yourself first. Um, Untamed is her latest book. And it's the exact opposite of everything that we talk about on this show and the exact opposite of my book. But it makes people feel good temporarily, which is why it's so popular. So she tweeted... And then she posted on Instagram, violence is never proof of love. That's a deadly idea that has fueled and excused domestic and all violence for far too long. Think hard about that take, please. So tweeted that, posted it on Instagram. It got almost, at least at the time that I screenshot it, like 153,000 likes, which is a ton for Instagram. And so obviously a lot of people agreed with that. I think that there's some truth to that. I I think there's a lot of truth to it. I don't know if that's always true. I do think that there is violence like in a justified war that does indicate, for example, a soldier's love for his country. So I don't know if this statement is necessarily true across the board, but that really is irrelevant to what I'm going to say. The point is she thought it. She had this genuine thought. It's certainly not the worst thing that she's ever said. And she put it out there. Well, she changed her caption uh later to say this i don't know what the uh, caption originally said by the time i saw the caption on the instagram post it had been changed to this update hello 
Since I posted this, many black women I respect have told me that as a white woman, this is not my conversation to have, that there is much about tonight that I don't understand, that I should sit this out and listen. So that is what I am going to do. I've also been asked to leave this post up in order to preserve the labor of those who took the time to educate and expand the conversation in the comments. Guys, not everything, not everything is labor. Not everything you do is labor. Not all conversations are labor. Not all talking is labor. Not all energy that you expend is labor. So that's just a side note. So this caption to me reads like a hostage situation. I don't even know if she fully agrees with what she said, but she is Without totally apologizing, she is obviously acquiescing. She is stepping out of a conversation that she obviously at first felt like she was qualified to be a part of. But now she doesn't because a few black women apparently told her that she doesn't understand it. Guys, this ain't that deep. This is two men, one guy who apparently gets madder about a joke than he does about his wife openly sleeping with other men. Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith have an open marriage and he slapped a guy who made a joke about his wife. Now, maybe there are other perspectives here, but as I said, everyone who saw it is qualified to talk about it. It's not that complex, guys. Like this is about violence. If it is justified, if the context was the right context. Of course, I don't think that the context was the right context at all. And we are absolutely okay to bring up what we think about it. It ain't that deep, guys. It ain't that deep. And so I almost feel bad for Glennon Doyle a little bit, except I don't because she put herself in this position because you'll never be woke enough. You'll never be woke enough. You'll never say all the right things. You're always going to be apologizing. And I know people say, well, that's just growth. That's just, you know, when you know better, you do better. That's just sanctification. Maybe some people will say, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's chipping away at your ability to say anything at any time. You are constantly going to be whittled down into nothing until the only thing that you can say is a regurgitation of what your masters tell you that you can say. And so this is not growth. This is not bravery. This is not maturity. This is fear. Have the courage to stand by what you think and what you said. And if someone tells you, no matter what their skin color is, that, hey, you don't have the authority to talk about that. Shut up. Submit to me, basically. Apologize. Consider it. Consider what they say. Consider their pushback. But if you believe what you said and you are not sorry for it, then you continue to stand up and you say, uh, no, actually, you know, thanks for sharing, but I don't think I am going to take that down. No, I don't think I am going to apologize. And quite frankly, I don't like your tone. <laughs> quite frankly, I don't like that you think that you have the authority to tell me what to say and not to say. So I believe what I said. I think Glennon Doyle still believes what she said. And I don't care the color of people's skin. What I said is true or I believe what I said is true. And so I'm going to keep it up and I'm not going to apologize. Have the That's courage. That's maturity. To stop apologizing for the things that you're not sorry for, to stand by the words that you actually meant to say. That's maturity. So Beth Moore has found herself in a similar situation. She said, 
which I know she was trying to be snarky, which again, she's put herself in this situation of constantly having to kowtow to people who are woker than her. She said that was scarier than a Southern Baptist convention. So she's trying to make a joke. She left the Southern Baptist convention. A lot of it had to do with, I think it probably had to do with Southern Baptist support of Donald Trump, but it also had to do with a lot of criticism towards her preaching um, because she preaches and teaches um, in front of men, particularly in a pulpit. And so she, of course, has been very offended and disenchanted um, because of some of the words of the people, I guess, in leadership or just who are a part of the Southern Baptist Convention. Maybe some of her feelings are justified, maybe not, but she doesn't like the Southern Baptist Convention. And so she said that was scarier than a Southern Baptist Convention. And then Lisa Harper, not, there's two Lisa Harpers. There's a Lisa Harper, I don't really, she's a Christian author, but this Lisa Harper, she's got like pronouns in her profile. I think she also considers herself a Christian author, but she's like very unabashedly woke. So like in her name on Twitter, she's got she, her. So that tells, that tells me personally all that I need to know. But she quote tweets Beth Moore and she says, perhaps the violence displayed between Will Smith and Chris Rocket, Oscars 2022, was, quote, scarier than the Southern Baptist Convention because it was an open display of the outcome of four centuries of violence by Southern Baptists on bodies, minds, and souls of African descent. Hold up. The slap between Will Smith and Chris Rock has to do with Southern Baptists owning slaves 400 years ago? Can you square that circle for me? Can you help me understand, is this something that only makes sense if you speak critical race theory? I mean, I know I'm fluent in critical race theory, unfortunately, because I've read so much about it and talked so much about it. But this must be like a dialect of critical race theory that I'm not familiar with, because usually I can try to understand how they're making the connections. But here, it's really tough for me to understand what she's trying to say. But, you know, actually, she explains it. So let me go on in her tweet thread. It was Chris Rock's bow to white patriarchy. Oh, sometimes I just can't get through this stuff. By undercutting a sharp black woman's hair and calling her less than a woman in front of billions of people. Except that's not really what he was doing. Again, agree or disagree with Chris Rock's joke. I understand why Jada Pinkett Smith was offended. And I understand why Will Smith would be offended on her behalf. Even if something is a joke, it can be hurtful. But is it really about a white patriarchy? So every time a black person tells a joke about another black person or a black woman, that's whiteness. That's white patriarchy. Or maybe it's just them telling a joke. Like, did you think of that? Maybe it's just not that complex. She goes on to say, oh, she said, uh, calling her less than a woman in front of billions of people. That might be my favorite part that she thinks that billions of people watch the Oscars. I guarantee it probably wasn't even a 1 million people. It was probably hundreds of thousands of people, billions of people. That's that's awesome. Uh, then she goes on to say, it was Chris Rock's choice to belittle a human being with a disability. Disability? Alopecia, alopecia is definitely a disorder, a serious one. A disability? I don't know. The roots of white supremacy do not consider the disabled human. Therefore, they are unprotected from humiliation. So do you see what they do? Do you see what these race baiters and racial justice activists do? White supremacy is a stand in for all kind of evil. So really what she's doing, she is actually advocating not just Will Smith of responsibility, but also Chris Rock. 
because this is just Chris Rock's manifestation of internalized white supremacy that, of course, was imparted on him by the white supremacists of yore, (laughs) I guess the Southern Baptists. She goes on to say, We all saw the outcome of body trauma and it shook us because we were watching internalized violence. Again, internalized violence. So it's so again, Will Smith, she is saying, is actually a victim in this in this case. Um, we watched internalized violence spill out on an international stage and no one knew what to do. So they did what we have done in this nation since 1619. Nothing, literally no thing. We've done nothing. The Emancipation Proclamation was nothing. We've done nothing since 1619. The Civil Rights Act was nothing. Actually, that is what critical race theory asserts. That is what critical race theory asserts. That's what 1619 Project asserts, that since... Since 1619, racism, not just racism, but systemic white supremacy and forms of slavery have just evolved. They haven't actually fully gone away. What's incredible is that we are talking about the Oscars. We are talking about two black multimillionaires who have more money than most white people could ever even imagine happening. And we are talking about this being a scenario that is similar to 1619 when Black people in America were treated as cattle. Really? This is the same thing as 1619. These people in suits that probably cost more money than most white people in America make in an entire year. This is an example of white supremacy. This is an example of 1619. Really? But again, this goes back to the tenets of critical race theory is that any... Any example, any seeming example of process, uh, of progress, rather, toward equality um, is actually not real. It's actually not an indication of real progress and is actually just an exception to the rule of systemic racism. Like, don't you see how this whole argument is non-falsifiable? And she said, I have watched the responses, the white women's calls for criminal prosecution, the black women's protection of Will Smith, saying they hope their husbands would respond the same way. Neither of these paths get us to peace or justice. And that is what we all want. Okay, now the worst thing that she said, she said the U.S. is the most violent and incarcerated nation on the planet. Violence dehumanizes. Dehumanization is our norm. We dehumanize when we criminalize. We dehumanize when we criminalize. Well, what if someone is a criminal? What if someone commits a crime? We dehumanize when we criminalize. You have you don't want to criminalize any actions. We shouldn't criminalize violence. We shouldn't criminalize murder. I'm not saying Will Smith needs to go to jail. We dehumanize when we criminalize. Well, no, you criminalize because you are humanizing victims. You decriminalize, you victimize. That's the truth. And she said, and we dehumanize when we justify and accommodate violence. Yes, this is is just all hogwash. It doesn't make any sense and it's incoherent. Accommodate violence because we lack hope for the healing of our trauma. Beth Moore says, Lisa, I appreciate the pushback. I was not thoughtful before I tweeted. Look, you know, I don't agree with Beth Moore's original tweet, just like I don't probably fully agree with Glennon Doyle's original tweet. But you don't have to go back. You don't have to take it back. You don't have to roll it back. You don't have to implicitly apologize. You don't have to explicitly apologize unless what you 
said was legitimately wrong and you believe it was wrong and you regret it, that's one thing. I'm all for sincere apologies. I am completely against apologies for the sake of apologizing or for the sake of trying to win favor with people who are always going to be committed to misunderstanding you and pushing their own narrative. What Lisa Harper said here was ridiculous. It did not merit any kind of legitimate response from Beth Moore. Again, be willing to stand by what you say if you actually meant what you said. But unfortunately, it seems that white women, including white Christians, white Christian women, are so used to believing that humility and empathy and love just means bowing down to whatever the rage mob, especially the racial rage mob on Twitter and on Instagram, tell them to do. And I'm telling you, like that is not of God. That is not actual humility. That's fear. That's fear. If you want to show humility, have conversations with people who think differently than you. Show humility where it is called for. But you also, you have to come from a position of strength in these conversations. We had that conversation with Professor Jason Hill, who said the same thing. He wrote the book, What Do White People Owe Black Americans? Or What Do White Americans Owe Black People? And when we talked about, okay, what does it look like to have productive conversations between a white person and a black person who maybe they feel like there is racial tension or racial divide there? And he said both sides have to come from a position of strength and of confidence and of compassion for the other side. It is not that one side has to have compassion for the other side, but the other side doesn't have to have compassion. One side has to have self-control, but the other side doesn't have to have self-control. That's what you'll see in, for example, like the Be the Bridge curriculum um, on their Facebook page. Like one of the rules that they have, one of the guidelines is that white people who are a part of the group have to allow um, the black people who are a part of the group to cuss and to yell and to say what they want to say. And a white person is not allowed to respond in kind. They're not allowed to defend themselves. They have to uh, take a step out of the conversation or they just have to basically submit to whatever the black participant says. Okay, well, that's not going to get us anywhere. That's only going to foster fear and resentment and shame and further discrimination and prejudice and anger. All right. Like that's not going to get us anywhere good. And so you have to come from a position of strength. You have to come from a position of wanting to understand and compassion while never abandoning what is true. You do not have to agree with someone just because they say that disagreeing with them is racism or hate or bigotry. You stick to what God says is true. You don't owe anyone anything except to love your neighbor as yourself. That is it. You don't owe them the kind of language that they want you to use. You don't owe anyone an apology if it is not a sincere apology. You don't owe anyone a retraction if you don't want to retract it. You don't owe anyone any of that. Love your neighbor as yourself and that is enough. This whole do better um, pharisaical nonsense surrounding what white people and particularly white women Oh, black people, I promise you, is only going to perpetuate a cycle of misunderstanding and of resentment, either overt resentment or secret resentment. It is not going to lead to a place of love and of unity. It's just not.
It's just not. And I have a few more things to say on that. Let me tell you about our second sponsor for the day. That is Naturally It's Clean, a fairly new sponsor that I love very much. When you bring a product into your home, you want to be sure your hard-earned money is going to a brand that believes in the same principles as you. A brand that values personal and environmental responsibility and most importantly, freedom. And that's why I am excited to announce my partnership with a brand that not only provides a first-class product, but also has the same values that I do. And that is Naturally It's Clean. It's a home cleaning company dedicated to providing effective cleaning products using powerful plant-based enzymes. It is safer than most other cleaners. That's why I really like it. And I also love that everything is manufactured right here in the USA. They also offer free two-day shipping direct to your door. I would recommend starting with Ali's four-pack of the Essential Starter Kit which includes four of their top products. Simply visit naturallyisclean.com slash Allie. Use promo code Allie to receive 15% off your order. That's naturallyisclean.com slash Allie. Promo code Allie to receive 15% off your order. That's naturallyisclean.com slash Allie. Here's the simple truth of it, is that Will Smith is responsible for his actions. Chris Rock is responsible for his words. They're going to give an account for these things. I'm not going to give an account. You're not going to give an account for the actions of other people. It doesn't matter if you're white or black or whatever you are. You're not going to give an account for the actions of other people. The actions of other people are not your fault. Okay, Will Smith did not slap Chris Rock because of white supremacy, because of whatever, uh, what happened in, in 1619. He didn't do it because of slavery. He didn't do it because of systemic racism. He didn't do it because of white women's commentary. Had nothing to do with white people at all. Had nothing to do with whiteness. Had nothing to do with any kind of white supremacist system. It had something to do with his own choices. And when he stands before God, he is going to give an account for his actions and white supremacy or systems of white uh, systems of white supremacy are not going to be an excuse for any of the actions that he or anyone else, including ourselves, commit. That's just not that's just not how it works. Chris Rock will give an account for the things that he says and does. Okay, so they are individually responsible for what they do. It is not white people's. It's not white people's fault. You are responsible for what you do. It is not the fault of the system. Um, that is put in place when you decide to do something or you decide to say something. I'm not saying that systems, true systems of oppression don't have an effect on people and don't affect the choices that people make. That's certainly true. I think that's, you know, probably biblical um, in a lot of ways, but that does not remove your responsibility for what you do. You are not responsible for the sins of your ancestors. You're not responsible for the sins of people who are not you. And I think that we would all be better off if we saw individuals' choices as what they are, individuals' choices. And this is a very anti-gospel message that I saw a lot in 2020. A lot of pastors who said that they were preaching racial reconciliation, really what they did is they preached to two different gospels, to one to white people and one to their black congregants, where they would say, you know, white people, you need to repent. Um, You need to uh, remove your white privilege. You need to divest of your whiteness. Here are the things that you need to do to build uh, bridges and aim toward reconciliation. You need to repent and you need to be sanctified and all of this stuff. But the message of repentance and sanctification 
was not preached at that time to the black congregants. It was almost like white people need more salvation. They need more of the blood of Christ. Um, they need extra uh, they need extra power of Jesus in the cross to truly be saved. And this group over there, well, they don't need that hard message of sin. Look, we are all dead in sin apart from Christ. And we can only be made alive through Christ, as Ephesians 2 says. So if you are preaching to your white congregants a harsher gospel, you talk to you talk to them more about sin and repentance, and then you treat your black and brown congregants as if they are only victims, as if they won't be held to the same standard, um, as if the message of salvation isn't as necessary to them because of whatever systems you say are in place. That's actually hatred. If you actually believe the gospel, if you actually believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, then you know that we're going to stand before a God one day. Like, you know that those people are responsible for their sins, that they are just as dead in their sin apart from Christ as the white person who is. That doesn't mean that we can't talk about racism. We can't talk about instances of injustice. Sure, you guys know, you know, where I stand on all of that. We've talked about it so much. Um, but... When it comes to responsibility for your choices, especially when it comes to the sermons that we're preaching, and when we talk about the gospel, if you are going soft on one group because they have a higher melanin count and harsher on one group because they have a lower melanin count, that's partiality. That's what the book of James says is actually a sin. God hates partiality. Uh, in giving the law, God reiterates over that over and over again. That you're not supposed to defer to the poor in a lawsuit. You're also not supposed to defer to the great. God hates partiality. And if you are preaching sermons and giving talks and offering commentary um, that is abdicating one group of their responsibility and laying unfair amounts of responsibility on someone of on a group of another skin color, that is partiality. It's wrong. It's unbiblical. It's anti-gospel. It's anti-logic. It's anti-responsibility. And it's not going to get us to a place of unity. Unfortunately, we are just being driven further apart. I I was actually kind of surprised that this ended up being a, a racial issue, to be honest. I, I shouldn't be surprised by that these days. And I'm not saying that a Black person couldn't have a different perspective than I would because they are black. That's fine. But again, to disqualify someone because they are white from talking about their reaction or their thought to it, I'm sorry. I just, no, 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 no. And so be willing, be courageous, be sure enough of what you believe and of your takes and of your opinions. If you feel like they're, you know, valuable to share, be courageous enough and confident enough to say, no, I'm not going to take that down. I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to caveat it. I'm not going to I'm not going to try to make excuses. I actually believe that. I watched it. We share a country. We share a society. And look, I love you. I want to hear you out. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing your thoughts. I appreciate you. I think your commentary is really valuable. I learned something. But I, I I'm not moving. I'm not moving from from this place because this is something that I actually believe. Start approaching not just your conversations, but the commentary that you give, how you articulate things from a position of strength, from a position of confidence. That's not the same thing as arrogance. That's not saying that you are immune to being wrong or that you can't be corrected, that you're completely above reproach. 
It's just saying that you have a right. You have a right to your thoughts. You have a right to your opinions and you have a right to express them. People can push back all they want to, but they don't have the authority to silence you or to make you submit to them. Again, you don't owe them anything except to love your neighbor as yourself. And so that's where we stand and you should continue to stand there. Please don't be like Glennon Doyle in a variety of in a variety of ways. Um, But in particular, when it comes to acquiescing for absolutely no reason. All right, I have one other thing to say, uh, a fun positive story, and then we will head out of here. Let me tell you um, about our last sponsor for the day, and that, of course, is Good Ranchers. All right, now is the time to get Good Ranchers because you know that grocery prices are super high right now and it's really hard to get meat from American farms and ranchers. Most of the beef at least that we have in our grocery stores is imported from overseas. So if you want to support American farms and ranchers, which you really need to because they're struggling right now because the fertilizer prices are so high because of a lot of different factors. So support American farms and ranches. They need you to support them. You can do that by buying all of your meat, your pre-marinated, non-pre-marinated chicken, your uh your craft beef from Good Ranchers. If you go to goodranchers.com slash Allie, you save $30 on prime steaks and your better than organic chicken. So that's goodranchers.com slash Allie. You can use my code Allie, 100% American meat, and you save $30 with my code. Order now to combat inflation with Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. That's goodranchers.com slash Allie. Right. So I just wanted to give a shout out to my new friends in Tallahassee. I was in Tallahassee yesterday. I posted a picture with Governor Ron DeSantis, the hero that we need in this day and age, who has just set the tone really for um, a lot of Republican governors and just pushing for what is good and right and true and pushing for freedom. And I'm just so excited about how courageous he's been. And I'm so happy for Florida that you have such a wonderful governor. And so um, that was actually the second time that I met him. He probably doesn't realize we met all the way back in 2017. We were both speakers at this event, but it was a very brief meeting. So got to meet him again. First time as governor. That was wonderful. And when I was in Tallahassee, super quick trip. I always make the trips really quick because I want to get back to my family. But I got to stay with some people that I met the last time I was in Tallahassee, just a few weeks ago, I was speaking at Florida State. And these three women, three moms came who all, well, not they don't all go to church together, but they all know each other. They came and they just said hi. And we just had a sweet kind of short interaction and and talked a little bit. And when I found out a couple of weeks later that I would be going to Tallahassee again, I don't know why, but I just decided to reach out to them and ask, hey, can I stay with one of you? Which is really, I don't think I've ever, no, I've never done that before. Not when I'm traveling. I almost, I just always stay at the hotel. It's just easier. You're not imposing. And that's just what I had planned. That's what I typically plan to do. But um, I don't know why. I just decided to email them or I think I posted on Instagram and was like, hey, Tallahassee ladies that I met, can you email me? And then I talked and they were so hospitable and so excited and so sweet. I didn't know really if they would say yes or if they would think it was weird. I was a little nervous about asking because it's so out of the norm for me. But I really think it was providentially orchestrated because it was such a wonderful 
time that I had. They were so hospitable. Truly, I have just seen the gift of hospitality that the Holy Spirit uses to minister to Christians. It was such, it was, it, it was so much better than staying in a hotel by myself and, you know, being on Instagram or working for several hours before I was waiting to go to this event. Instead, I went to this uh, woman's house and we had lunch with the other women and we had pimento cheese and chicken salad, which is my favorite. And we just had such wonderful, uplifting, edifying conversations. And it was a beautiful day outside. And so I really just felt like the Lord was taking care of me through that. And so I don't know the point that I'm trying to make. I guess it's that I just love the church. Like I love the body of Christ. I love that we can meet anywhere as Christian women and we can support one another. We can open our homes to one another. We can build one another up. Like that is what the church is. The church is, this is something that one of them said yesterday, the church is for Christians. The church is for Christians. Yes, there um, are ways that we minister to the outside world, but not at the expense of ministering to each other. The verses that so often Christians tend to take out of context and apply to people outside of the church, like providing for the least of these, that's actually persecuted Christians, visiting people in prison, that's actually Christians in prison. Um, a lot of the verses that we apply to the outside world are actually primarily, if not exclusively, for the church. And I felt ministered to and so encouraged um, yesterday. And so maybe this is just an indication to you to step outside of your comfort zone and to allow someone to welcome you and encourage you in some way. Or maybe this is your indication to um, to be hospitable to someone else. Um, it really is amazing just what that kind of fellowship can do for someone's heart, mind, and soul. And it was it was good for my heart, mind, and soul. That is for sure. And it was just a reminder how much I love you guys and how I feel like we are family. And I feel like we have a community and we have a friendship. And I'm sure there are thousands of you that I would feel comfortable with if I got to talk to you. I'm staying with when I'm traveling. And, you know, maybe that's something that I can do more in the future. But in this particular case, I really did feel like it was just the Holy Spirit just kind of confirming to me that that's um, that that's where I need to go and what I need to do. And so thank you to those of you listening who are in Tallahassee who welcomed me and made me feel so loved. I really did appreciate it. Um, all right, we will be back here tomorrow and you will be hearing another conversation between Phil Robertson and me. And this is a new conversation. He is going to um, tell us a lot of really interesting stuff and some good tear-jerking stories, and you're going to love it. You're going to be totally edified um, by that. And um, yeah, you're going to love that conversation. And then we've got lots of stuff that we're going to be talking about next week as well. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you love this podcast, please leave a five-star review wherever you listen and subscribe on YouTube as well. I will see you guys back here tomorrow. <laughs>